Greetings from the Mountain Mama. My name is McKenna. And hey, it's Galen. And you're listening to Living Lore. This month, we're going to be discussing a chilling local legend from my hometown. The Flatwoods Monster. Tucked into the mountains of Braxton County, West Virginia, is the small town of Flatwoods. Flatwoods has much to offer with its nearly 20,000 acres of pristine woodlands and five area lakes, which makes it an ideal place for a monster to be lurking. And lurk they shall. So Galen, you're from Flatwoods. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your hometown? I think you pretty much summed it up. <laughs> There's not really much to say. <laughs> That's about it. No interesting um, tidbits. I mean... It was a great place to be a child. I don't know. My grandparents had a big farm, so I would play on their farm all the time. An article I read about Flatwoods referred to it as a little village. Is that how you would describe it? Yes. I don't know. It, Like I said, they didn't have a lot of stuff when I grew up. We didn't have a Walmart. The nearest Walmart was 40 minutes away. So everyone was really close-knit. So like, yeah, village is probably a good word. But village makes me think quaint. Yeah. And like mystical. Mm-hmm. And I would, I didn't really get that vibe. Not in the town. It's a little bit more spread out. Yeah. Because like you have Flatwoods, and then you have Sutton, and then you have Gasaway. So they're all, I guess, their own little villages in their own respect. Cool. I love it. I love visiting it. But that's just Flatwoods today. What we're here to discuss happened nearly 70 years ago. On September 12, 1952, the May brothers, Ed and Freddie, were playing in their schoolyard with friends Tommy Heyer and Neil Nunley. It was dusk when something unusual happened. The boys noticed a pulsing red light streak across the sky and crash on a nearby farm. After getting the May brothers' mother, Kathleen, they rushed to see where the lights had landed. They were joined by 17-year-old Jean Lemon and the May's family dog, Richie. Richie! You cannot go hunt monsters without a dog. It's true. It's canon. It's canon. Why does have a furry friend? <laughs> Lemon, who was a National Guard member, led the group to where he believed the strange light had crashed, G. Bailey Fisher's farm. Upon arrival, the group immediately noticed a metallic smell. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of metallic smells, I immediately go to iron, which immediately makes me think of blood, and then my brain goes, I absolutely would not be walking into that. To be fair, they did have a National Guard member with them. And a little group of children. <laughs> Come on, kid! <laughs> Let's go into the field that smells like blood. <laughs> Get the dog, it'll be great. Probably not the best choice of an investigation party. You know, they did what they could with what they had. <laughs> As a group approached, they reported hearing high-pitched noises coming from the other side of the woods. Yes, let's follow it that. smells like blood. You're surrounded by children, and occasionally you hear <laughs> high pitched noises. From the woods. So naturally, they followed those noises to find a pulsing red light. Oh my gosh. Some reports of the story say the dog went ahead of them to investigate, only to come running back with its tail between its legs. Despite this, the group moved forward to investigate. Lemon shined his flashlight up the hill to illuminate a terrifying sight a ten foot tall creature with a blood red body, a green head shaped like a spade in what appeared to be a dark metal dress. The creature's hands appeared twisted and clawed, and what seemed to be its eyes glowed an eerie orange color. A strange, sickening mist hung in the air. 
The creature, which appeared to levitate off the ground, hissed and glided toward the witnesses. Lemon screamed and fell backwards. The group turned and fled in terror. I am Lemon. <laughs> Aren't we all? We are all Lemon. <laughs> Afterwards, some members of the group suffered from throat irritation, vomiting, and nausea, which persisted for days. These symptoms were passed off as side effects of hysteria, which makes sense, but I do think it's interesting that these are also telltale signs of exposure to mustard gas. Kathleen May and Lemon soon reported the incident to local authorities. Kathleen even made a drawing of the creature. The area was searched that night, and authorities claimed to find nothing. A local newspaper reported, Seven Braxton County residents on Saturday reported seeing a 10-foot Frankenstein-like monster in the hills above Flatwoods. That seems slightly condescending. Yeah. <laughs> Even reading it, I just naturally went into this unbelievable tone of like, like yeah, oh, this did yeah, not yeah. happen. <laughs> Frankenstein-like monster. According to History.com, the encounter made the local and national news, scaring a wider swath of people. Then it prompted a U.S. Air Force UFO inquiry, part of a project called Project Blue Book that dispatched a handful of investigators around the country to look into such claims. The creature that caused so much terror on that September night would come to be known as the Flatwoods Monster, also referred to as the Braxton County Monster, the Phantom of Flatwoods, and the Green Monster. Soon after the first sighting on the Fisher's farm, other reports started to surface. Mrs. Audra Harper reported seeing a creature similar in description to the Flatwoods monster, not long before the infamous sighting on Fisher's farm. Harper claimed to have seen the monster while walking through the woods near her home near the town of Heaters, which is about five miles north of Flatwoods. Harper and her friend were walking to a nearby store via a shortcut through the forest. About half a mile into their trip, they noticed a ball of fire on one of the hills they were passing which, living in West Virginia, is not unusual. I feel like I see someone lighting a bonfire or sitting around one like 90% of the time I'm in the forest. How often are you in the forest? Pretty often. You're roaming around, bonfire! <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone have marshmallows? <laughs> I have a pack with me at all times. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Harper must have felt the same way as you because she dismissed it, assuming that one of her neighbors was fox chasing. What is fox chasing? I, I don't. <laughs> Let me Google it. The mighty Google says, In America, fox hunting is also called fox chasing. As it is the practice of many hunts not to actually kill the fox, some hunts may go without catching a fox for several seasons despite chasing two or more foxes in a single day's hunting. They are really cute. I love foxes. Can they get some ears I wouldn't. I wouldn't enjoy fox chasing. I would chase one just so I could catch it and hug it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to know that most of them aren't actually there to kill the fox, though. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, when Harper glanced back at what she thought were her neighbors, she saw something unbelievable. The fire had vanished, and in its place stood the tall, dark silhouette of a man-shaped figure. Terrified, Harper and her friend ran escaping among the rocks and boulders strewn around the hillside. Okay, to me, this is the least believable claim. Out of everything you've heard so far, this, you question? <laughs> well, the group that witnessed the monster on September 12th claimed to have seen something crash, and they only saw one monster. Granted, they didn't stick around to investigate, but theoretically, the monster shouldn't have been there until it crash-landed. So how would Harper have witnessed the monster before that? Maybe it was there before... And someone called to pick it up, like an uber spaceship. And its uber spaceship crashed. It's not going to get very good reviews. <laughs> Another claim was reported the day after the September 12th incident. 
This sighting occurred near Strange Creek, about 20 miles south of Flatwoods. Reportedly, George and Edith Snitowski and their eight-month-old son were driving through the rural area between Clay and Braxton County when their car suddenly died. George attempted to restart the car with no luck. Because it was nighttime, the road was deserted and they didn't have any way to call for assistance. While the family was trying to decide what to do, they suddenly noticed a sulfurous smell and their baby began to cry. A strange bright light filled the darkness and the couple witnessed a 10 foot tall creature hovering in front of their car. The description is very similar to that of the original sighting on September 12th, except the monster was not wearing what is presumed to be its spade shaped hood. Instead, its head was reptilian and bony. <laughs> I don't like that. That is not my happy monster. That is not. That's not what I signed on for. Lizard monsters from space. The creature dragged its lizard-like hand across the hood of the car <laughs> before disappearing into the woods. I don't like it. I don't like this. As soon as the creature was out of sight, the car restarted. The couple sped away, and George would later give his account for Mail Magazine in 1955. The monster has not been seen since the original incidents in 1952, but its impact on the rural community has been huge. These stories have become an eerie folktale, creating a fascinating culture in the small towns around the county. It's incredible how far stories like this can travel. Like, did you know that the Flatwoods monster is pretty popular in Japan? Really? Yeah. It's believed that the following began between the 60s and the 80s. The character is featured in some older Japanese video games and was also made into figurines. They have a anime cartoon look with bright colors and a large toothy mouth. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Despite the monster not being popular amongst locals for a while after the first sighting, there's so much fun history involving the Flatwoods monster. Flatwoods has several places for the Flatwoods monster enthusiast. There is an ice cream shop called The Spot that offers a photo op with a painted iteration of the monster. The location where the sighting first took place in 1952, the Fisher's Farm, is on private property. But you can visit the Flatwoods Monster Museum, which is dedicated to the monster's story and operates in the town of Sutton. Andrew Smith, director of the Braxton County Visitors Bureau, did a lot for the creation of the museum. It has an impressive array of Flatwoods monsterbilia and what is probably the world's most comprehensive library of Flatwoods monster newspaper clippings and journal articles. It also has some fun DIY Flatwoods monster costumes on display, including one made by the local high school theater group. The museum has everything from the original Welcome to Flatwoods, Home of the Green Monster signs, to a rare vinyl copy of the Flatwoods monster single, The Being, donated by its singer-songwriter, Argyle Goolsby. So I actually found the song, and I wanted to read some of it to you. <laughs> because it's kind of scary. The somber glow of autumn kissed the sky, and bled upon the fading green hillsides. The children tended dreams of innocence, that heaven blazed upon fiery descent. Surviving lights that led them to the sight submitted to immortal will of night. The warmth had fled from curiosity and chilled the air with presence of the being. Was it a starborn visitor or just imagination? Was it a trick of misplaced light or an interplanetary visitation? Was it mass hysteria that felt the being glide across the heart of Flatwood's darkest night? Wow. <laughs> Snaps all around. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> One of the most unique items in the museum is a section of the tree that stood next to the monster during its brief visit to Flatwoods in 1952. Right after the incident, the tree fell over and died. Creepy. I love it. 
You can also visit the five 10-foot-tall wooden monster chairs, each uniquely painted by Andrew Smith and placed at key points in Flatwoods and neighboring communities. I have been to one of these myself, and they are absolutely ginormous. You can fit like six people on there. Oh my gosh. It's fun, though. We'll put a few pictures of them on our Twitter. They're definitely worth the trip to go see them in person. And there's plenty of Flatwoods monster memorabilia to buy if you want a souvenir. You can get ceramic lanterns of the creature produced by local resident John Gibson. And these ceramic lanterns have such a rich history. They were originally produced by the Braxton County Junior Chamber of Commerce in the early to mid-1960s as a fundraiser, and are the oldest and longest produced novelty keepsake made to commemorate the events of September 12, 1952. Each item is handmade in Marietta, Ohio by a ceramic artisan. These great lanterns are available locally at the Flatwoods Monster Museum, Days and Gift Shop, and Exxon Convenience Store. Another fun bit of history, you know the picture Kathleen May drew of the monster? Yeah. It's pretty much one of the most famous images of the monster. It's seen in countless newspaper clippings, reprinted in books, and shown on television. The image has been copied by countless artists, game creators, and cartoonists, but the original has long been thought to be lost to time. But the drawing was recently discovered in Braxton County, West Virginia. <gasps> found it? <laughs> they did, they found it. <laughs> okay, that's pretty cool. It's nice to know that such an important piece of local history hasn't been lost. It really is. But without further ado, it's my favorite part of the podcast. That's right, folks. Conspiracy theory time is back. I'm happy for you. I know you've been waiting for this. (laughs) I have, and not patiently. So the Flatwoods monster has a lot of conspiracies surrounding it. The telling of the story and the actual look of the monster has varied over the years, most prominent being that there was some kind of government conspiracy involved. You can't have an alien crash without a government conspiracy. That's true. After investigating the case in 2000, Joe Nickel of the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry concluded that the bright light in the sky reported by the witnesses on September 12th was most likely a meteor. In fact, a meteor had been observed across three states, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. He also stated that the pulsing red light was likely an aircraft navigation hazard beacon. Three flashing red aircraft beacons were also visible from the area of the sightings, which could account for descriptions of a pulsating red light and red tint on the face of the supposed monster. And finally, Nickel presented the fact that the creature described by witnesses closely resembled an owl. Well, I guess we've deduced where the screeching came from. (laughs) (laughs) The shape, movement, and sounds reported by witnesses were also consistent with the silhouette, flight pattern, and call of a startled barn owl perched on a tree limb, leading researchers to conclude that foliage beneath the owl may have created an illusion of the lower portions of the creature. Nichols suggested that witnesses' perceptions were distorted by their heightened state of anxiety. These conclusions were shared by a number of other investigators, including those of the Air Force. You remember, the Air Force came down to investigate. How could I forget? Just wanted to remind you because it's cool. There's also a lot of weird variations to the original Flatwoods monster story. One version mentions a dog, perhaps the family dog Richie, that died of the gas that poured out of the monster. No! (laughs) Little Richie! I do, yeah, I don't like that version of the story either. No! I refuse to believe that that is true. <laughs> Richie lived a long, happy life. Another version theorized that the monster and its spaceship, alien to our atmosphere, just literally evaporated. It certainly stuck around long enough to scare the living daylights out of the maze Lemon and Co., but saying the monster simply went poof would certainly explain why they couldn't find any trace of it after it was reported to the police. Some paranormal investigators looked into the site of the Flatwoods monster's appearance and discovered tracks, oily residue, and bits of rubbery substance that must have been left by the creature. But, according to skeptic Ryan Hatt, that evidence wasn't the result of something supernatural. It was just a byproduct of a curious local boy. The young man in question, 
Max Lockard even admitted he'd driven around the site hoping to see something in his Chevy truck. Okay, so even if the whole thing, the original sighting, was a hoax, can you imagine going to the police claiming you saw an alien? This was either a practical joke blown way out of proportion, or they really believed what they saw. Maybe it was both. <laughs> Maybe it started as a joke, and then they hyped themselves up, and they're like, oh my gosh, I actually see something. Then they freaked out, and then they ran. Yeah, it's possible. You see what you want to see. It's true. <laughs> but you have a personal link to this monster, do you not? Oh yeah. Why don't you tell us about it? Okay, so I don't remember specifics because I was in fourth grade. <laughs> but I don't remember which boy it was. But in fourth grade, because you know how like in classes you have West Virginia history? Well, in Flatwoods in fourth grade, you learn about the Flatwood monster. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy came to our class, and he was actually the grandfather, or even great-grandfather, of one of the boys in my class. And he was at the original sighting in 1952, or so he says. And I remember him rambling on, and I've always been skeptical. I mean, I listened, but I didn't believe any of it, as, you know, 10-year-olds do. <laughs> and everyone in the class, I remember, they were all just looking at him, like, oh. And I guess I did not have that look, because he called me out as a 10-year-old and was like, do you not believe? And I was like, no, I don't believe in aliens. He's like, well, you will. <laughs> you were a skeptic, even then. <laughs> I've always been a skeptic. But he, like, he was threatening. He was like, you will. You will believe. Oh, my God. I was like, sir, I'm 10. Your teacher thought it was a good idea to bring this man in. Yeah. Fourth grade was wild, man. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Um, that's all I remember. But along with that, we also had a drawing competition in fourth grade of the Flatwoods Monster, mm -hmm. which I won first place. And I have it today. I love how you're like, you totally don't believe, and you're <laughs> such a skeptic, but you won the competition for it. You don't have to believe to be a good artist. Okay? <laughs> I have reference images. I could figure it out. I have reference images. Now, I want you to look at this. And I want you to pretend that you are a child psychologist. Oh. I want you to analyze the heck out of this thing. What, do, what does it say about my psyche? Look, you can even see the little face right through. Oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> what do you see, Matt? What do you see? Can we paint you a word picture? <laughs> that... That, that person in the dress, that's Lemon. That's Lemon? <laughs> no. <laughs> I just drew people. Well, on a... <laughs> on a black background with several stars in the, in the distance and the moon. That is way overdone <laughs> with the stars. Yes. The stars reach all the way down to the ground. <laughs> so it appears as though the monster and all the figures staring in horror are floating in space. Where's <laughs> A spaceship is in the background, but more importantly, the Flatwoods monster, as depicted by Galen, is wearing a very long dress. <laughs> a green bow. With a green bow. Accentuates his waist. Is glowing yellow, and has a giant red head with glowing yellow eyes, and it looks like just a circle for a mouth, and it's kind of terrifying. That's because he's going, oh. <laughs> that was what I had. I remember my artistic vision. <laughs> Several onlookers, including about, mm, it looks like five children. One of them is covering their eyes. <laughs> the other one is mid-dropping football. <laughs> Several of them don't have feet. And <laughs> there is one lady with a long blue dress and hair clips is screaming in horror. Well, they all are. <laughs> Mimicking the monster. She is. Maybe she's channeling. Maybe she's a witch. Maybe she got possessed. Ah, yeah. I feel a little possessed Look by this that. image. That, I know he's covering his eyes. He didn't want to see it, and who 
who could blame <laughs> all right um well putting my social work <laughs> degree to use right now yes what do you think this says about my mind um 14 years <laughs> it is only slightly concerning because you did I have a place. you did have a theme and it was the flatwoods monster and based off the story i think you did a very good job especially for fourth grade but the the image you have here of the children just like absolutely terrified <laughs> you can see the horror on their face you really could and what's concerning to me is they're not looking up at the monster they're looking down at the ground and that kind of kind of concerns me <laughs> they cannot look <laughs> they must look down. I'm just, I'm just, I'm concerned why they're looking down. <laughs> the I just love how I drew the littlest boy in the very front. He must face the monster alone. He, he's alone in the front. Um, and again, he's not looking at the monster. He's looking down at the ground, and he doesn't quite look that terrified. He probably looks the calmest out of all of them. And <laughs> it's David Goliath. I say, is that you? As this is who you imagined yourself as? Yes. I'm just here. Whatever. He's just chilling. And I think Galen drew herself as the smallest little boy on this <laughs> on this drawing. Just chilling in front of the monster. And that is my analysis. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna commit my impeccable shading skills. Shading Static skills? It's, it's impressive. It's, there's not even a layer. <laughs> color, okay? I just went every which way. It's cute. Thank you. I won first place. I like the monster. I got a, I got a commemorative t-shirt. <laughs> it's better now than it is. <laughs> I do like, I enjoy the monster. You took great detail in making sure his face was blood red. Yes. Uh, you can tell, because if you'll look, like, the dress is kind of see-through where I yeah. scribbled. The face, the face is, is just dark. It's just dark. And so are the eyes you and the see, mouth. You can see the pressure. You of the <laughs> paid great attention to the face for some reason. And I don't know why, but um, it paid off. <laughs> I won, so. <laughs> well, that's all the information we have on the Flatwoods Monster for today, folks. Thank you for listening to Living Lore, a production of The Scenic Crop, sponsored by Loot Press. If you like what you hear, please remember to like and share on Spotify or your favorite podcast provider. Or you can check out our Twitter or send us your own spooky story at livinglorewv and livinglorewv at gmail.com, respectively. Thank you for your support, and we'll see you next time when we discuss the murder of Cynthia Miller, a cold case that took nearly 40 years to solve.